Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Um, all right, to the second one, and we'll talk a little bit of we'll talk a little bit of Colts, Colts, Colts. So three, two, one. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Indianapolis Colts, Andy. It is impossible to have made it to this point in your preparation for the NFL season and not heard some expert on some show tell you how much they love the Colts this year. The clear most buzzworthy AFC team in terms of just uh, picking a team, you know, because every year there are a couple of teams that finish just outside the playoffs, make a couple of splashy moves, and everybody all of a sudden is like, that's my dark horse. They were close. They made a big move at quarterback. That's my dark horse. Oh, oh that's my horse. Right? That's my horse, right? This is a, an archetype we see every single year. And uh, I would just, in general, uh, throw a little bit of caution on that, not because I have some sincere knowledge that this is not going to work. We have spent a lot of time now talking about how this AFC might suck. Uh, AFC South might. It's, yeah. you know, it is the weakest conference. Uh, in the uh, in the AFC, I think broadly, and I don't think it's close. Um, and I think, from a talent standpoint, the Colts are clearly the best team in this division. Um, what uh, what say you uh, with respect to uh, how the current perception of the you know the 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 market temperature on this Colts team coming into twenty twenty two is relative to your eyes? I'll be betting on this team. Oh, there we go. Interesting. You know, okay. and you know what else I should say? I, I'm almost forgot this. I'll be using them in some contests, as these previews are brought to you by the Circus Survivor and Millionaire contests. Twelve million dollars in prizes, no rake. Come out to Vegas with us. Sign up. You win a shitload of money in the Survivor League or the uh, just the Millionaire contest where you pick five teams against the spread each week. And it was being discussed in the Deep Dive Discord. Like, they asked, what do you, you need to do good at handicapping and also just run hot. Like, the winner is going to be close to 70% if you want to win a, a bunch of money. But guess what? Losing last play, getting last dead last, and that it actually pays out too. So you can, uh, you can win some quarterly prizes as well. A lot of cash prizes in there. No rake. Sign up at Circus Sports and the Colts. The Colts in 2021 were, and a couple previews I read made this joke, and everyone's making this joke, and it's so easy. It's just Groundhog Day. Like, hey, we have 90% of a team, and we need a quarterback because ours just retired. Well, let's let's just go with this. Let's go with Percent. Let's go with the Rivers. Let's go with Wins. Like four years, five years in a row now. It's a, a new starter on opening day, and yeah, I think it's Luck, Brissett, Rivers, Wentz, Matty Ice. What year did they so start with Tolzien? <laughs> that was during the Luck era. I think he got hurt. Maybe. That that probably was. But uh, yeah, it's it was a very rough start for this team. And then they they had it was again similar to Tennessee where they had an okay middle of the season. It wasn't the eye-popping wins that we saw from Tennessee, but it's like, all right, all right, Wentz is, once in a while, he's throwing a back-breaking pick or making a left-handed pass that's killing this team, but they're managing with a very good run scheme and a very good player, probably 
the best running back in the league, honestly. I'm going to say it. Yes. And they are they're making things happen and this team is in contention to make the playoffs and then lost to the Jaguars and and I think they needed they needed I, I believe it was Pittsburgh also had to win at Baltimore and then they had to lose to the Jags and it was a it was a weird situation but they did not make the playoffs because of that and some just they lost some games they shouldn't have and that's how you end up with nine and eight. They lost their last two games to the Raiders and the Jags. Ended up at nine and eight after going into those last two games. You know, obviously nine and six in a decent position. They lost both of their overtime games to good teams. Uh, but yeah, starting one and three, starting zero oh and three, and then kind of bouncing back, ending up. Know, like nine and six, like I said, after a late bye week, which I believe they have again. It's a team that probably saw. We're talking a lot about the the front office and the rebuild and what you're doing as a as an organization looking forward. That probably said like, "This is crazy, guys." I know I've said this before, but I think we're still just a quarterback away from <laughs> like competing as a uh, as a decent team here. And you know, there there was places to get. It would have been hard to get Watson especially with what was pending. They didn't probably have the runway for that, but I didn't hate this move. I talked a lot about maybe them getting Kirk Cousins. That was a good spot for them. Uh, yeah, Tolzien did start week one 2017. What a, what a call, Drew. I forgot about <laughs> the Tolzien thing. I think a, he lost 44-0 to the Rams, something like that. It was, it was, it was not was good. But, um, yeah, so they haven't won the division since 2014, which also – Funny enough, I read somewhere it was the last time they beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. So it feels like a team that's had some measure of success, but I just said they haven't won their own division in like eight years. They missed the playoffs again, and they've just never felt like a team that was dangerous at any point, despite having, like I said, the best running back in the league. They've had some good wide receivers come through. They've had a lot of young wide receivers that we thought were going to produce more than they have. They've really drafted well. I think they've nailed a good coach. And, yeah, this was a disappointing 9-8 and eight team. And I, th- I think Wentz was probably a mistake. God, I got to pull that quote. Because I had this quote written down when we talked about Washington. But <laughs> the, the GM says it at the team meetings. I think the worst thing you can do is have a mistake and try to keep living it living with without moving forward and he was talking about wins like that's pretty damning but also maybe like you said with the tennessee titans a little bit of self-awareness where they said you know what just move on again this isn't it we still have enough enough pieces where if we have somebody who's not carson wins we can maybe do something with this team and man i'm i'm hopeful not as hopeful as some people in the market but i am hopeful for this team because there's there's enough pieces, but again, like we've mentioned over and over and over, the AFC is awful tough. That's probably what's keeping me from really getting excited about this team because I don't know if, even if everything hashes out right, do they have enough to win multiple games against like at Buffalo, at KC, or even hosting one of those games? It's a tough ask, even at the at the top of everything here. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun how different every team we talk about is. And the Colts feel super narrow distribution. 
super yeah. narrow. I, I made the joke like with Ranger. Uh, yeah. With uh, who Cousins. I said, like, man, they get Cousins behind that offensive line. Like, they win 11 games, 12 games maybe, get in the playoffs and just get the shit beat out of them by, like, the AFC North wild card. It feels feels like that's that's kind of their path here. Yeah, I I mean, the chances that they make the playoffs, high. Yeah. Chances that they win a playoff game, medium to low. (laughs) Like, it is... It is uh, yeah. it is a team that I think is built very very much for winning regular season games. <clears throat> it's in the weakest division, so you have, you know, presumably, uh, you know, you're looking at five and one, if not six and zero oh, in division. Uh, right there, that sets you up for maybe being Tennessee last year's Tennessee. Maybe you steal the one seed in an otherwise very very uh, competitive AFC. You could steal the one seed, sure. Um, <clears throat> AFC South one seeds going 0 and 2 in two consecutive years in the playoffs would be funny. But yeah, I mean, there's I, I would, not only that, there's a ton of other winnable games boy. on this schedule. Like, yeah, their yeah. their ceiling is like 12, 13 wins. Surely, surely they, they could get a one seed. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility. No, uh, we're kind of jumping. I mean, we made this a quick podcast. I think we basically nailed it. Uh, good job. Um, Colts uh, get the one seed and lose in divisional round of the playoffs. Um, who we got next week, Andy? Yeah. Uh, gonna, no, let's give them their due. Let's give them their due. All right, so I'm, I'm done with 20. And somebody in the chat just pointed out, too, like there were plenty of reports that Wentz was not a good locker room guy. Oh, the team really? really didn't, ra- you know, you did not rally behind him. No I, I, shit. I, no, yes. <laughs> that, that was like it's funny when that uh, happened. It's like, oh uh, man, who saw this coming? This is this was the most obvious thing that was going to happen. Like, nobody no, let's seven. let's uh, let's. I'll I'll kind of relive a couple moments then, if that's okay with okay. you. Um, week one loss to the not to the uh, Seahawks. Okay, I, we came in last year, and I was basically like, I'll let everyone else get fooled that the Colts are going to steal this division because I want nothing to do with Carson Wentz. Like not, not, not going to do it. Not going, not going to war with that guy. And he did not show up week one against Seattle. Uh, he then had probably one of the most advantageous situational matchups that still exist in sports week two against the Rams. Um, and I backed them at plus three and a half. And that was the, that was the game where the left-handed pass compilation starts with, and somebody shared that with us today and immediately gave me PTSD because that first drive, you know, Colts are clicking, everything looks good, and Carson Wentz does the left-handed shovel pass into the uh, into the linebacker's, you know, lap, uh, like Got right it. on the goal line. Just absolutely like, oh, it's going to be one of those days, right? <laughs> oh, 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 like I'm going to go oh. find my spreadsheet. Mark this, oh. mark that loss. Uh, they ended up covering by by the hook. By the way, um, I think it probably it might have closed three. So maybe the people who didn't get three and a half got screwed there. But twenty seven twenty four they covered, uh, but lost the game. Um, and then they lost again week three, which is funny because three losses in a row for the Colts under Frank Reich. Who could have believed that? Except it happens every year. What in the world is it with Frank Reich teams that they get off to a slow start? I can't tell you, um, but low yeah, that was like like I've, I've mentioned on some of these podcasts. I read a lot of camp reports, and every freaking Colts article has like a 
you know, eight we're things start, to look at for the 2022 season. Like, can we avoid the cold, slow start? Like, that's everything. And it is, <laughs> I it, is, read it is funny because it's a it's a thing and they do need to. Is it a uh, self-fulfilling obviously. prophecy, though? Well, and, you know, we haven't got to the schedule yet, but anyway, slow start. And then ultimately they turn the corner. Carson Wentz is the highlight of his career of the of this his season uh, for my money. Uh, and he took a lot of money from me in this game uh, was when he went at San Francisco in the primetime game and they had the, um, you know, the bomb cyclone. And yeah. uh, there was uh, like 30 mile an hour sustained winds, uh, several inches of rain during the game. And the dome team won 30 to 18. They put up a lot and it of went, points, And it went over the total. <laughs> and. That was the low point of my entire year last year betting that week seven. I got uh, absolutely annihilated. And that primetime game was the denouement. Um, and uh, okay, word. I think that was the last time I bet on the on, or bet on a Colts game, <laughs> maybe all season. Um, if you do just look at win loss, though, uh, the um, the Jonathan Taylor experience really got going when the weather got colder, even though they're a dome team again. Um, the Buffalo game, they won. Did you remember they beat the Buffalo Bills? Like, yeah, we would joke about the Jags beating the Buffalo Bills. That was 9-6. That was just a weird, stupid game. Yeah. Indianapolis went into Buffalo, and they hung an L on the Bills that they haven't experienced in a long Buffalo, time. Buffalo Colts games always seem to get weird. Wild, right? My favorite being the big snow game from about five years ago. Oh, but of course. Yeah, of that, course. that was – they. If, if there was a word to describe shady what happened game. last year, odd – Odd and inconsistent, but yeah, putting up 41 on the Bills, putting up 30 on the Niners in a hailstorm. I mean, putting up pu- putting up 45 against the Jets maybe isn't surprising, but giving up 30. Like that game, do you remember that game? I think I was, that's yes. when I was that in was Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Oh, so I was at the Breeders' Cup. And you can go back and watch this halftime stream to prove this. I was in the parking lot of like a god a yard house or something wherever we oh, stopped yeah, at to get lunch and i remember watching this game like this game's off the goddamn rails like everything about this is there's there's something just wrong about this game and yeah 75 points in that one jonathan taylor going off and yeah the, the run scheme plus his skill plus being able to mix in naeem hines like that run fit was fun and mm-hmm. if if we'd have got a little more in a couple of people have mentioned this, like Wentz, you look at his like stats and it's like, oh, it doesn't look that bad, but everything, everything seemed to be at the wrong time. Like when he would make a mistake, he'd be at the wrong time or he just never stepped oh, yeah. up at the right time. It was just poor timing by him. And then again, the team didn't rally behind him. And uh, essentially there's not 500 seasons anymore unless you end up with a tie, I guess, but essentially a 500 season in the long run. Yes. And I agree with your take, like statistically, People probably look at Wentz's numbers and are talking themselves into, but we wouldn't have bad. There's some good stuff here. There were some good performances here. But having watched a lot of Colts games, I can tell you there was a consistent theme, which was that the offense and the scheme that they gave him made it so that it was tough for him to fail. And yet he found ways to do it. Right? Yeah, they they coddled him. They coddled him. They gave him, and and like they they were like the 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 you know what rubbed me the 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 most was, uh, there were some plays that they set up where they got Pittman just 
completely uncovered. Pittman won his matchups. And Carson Wentz wasn't even looking at him. He was waiting for the check down. Like, or he was like spooked by the pressure. Or I don't even know what the hell was Sometimes it was like reverse check down where it became a yeah, thing sure. where sure. he would he would like wait too long for something else, like 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 a kid playing Madden where he has his his idea of what he wants this play to yeah. be before it happens. Instead of evaluating the field, evaluating what the defense is giving you and taking the best option, it's like he really wanted to be aggressive on certain plays. And it went it went poorly at times. Like it's like, why why didn't you just hit that guy? Why did you wait for the deep break that wasn't there? And you threw into double coverage. It wasn't always an interception, but you would uh, you'd end up with problems. So I don't know. It was it was a pain in the ass to watch, honestly, from a from a standpoint of being a fan of football. And I, I don't know. It just it wasn't. You could just tell. Like if you watched it. It's hard to describe what Wentz did. Like it's hard to come up with the right words, but it's it's like he didn't want to be part of the team. He didn't do what was best for the team on his reads. Yeah, it but here's the so, so here's, determined to yes. like make the wrong reads at the wrong times all the time. It was yeah, maddening. Yeah. yeah, here's my two cents. Some quarterbacks fail because they don't have the tools. Some quarterbacks mm-hmm. fail because they don't have the accuracy. And Wentz failed because he did not have the decision-making. He could not make the correct decisions uh, over the balance of that game. Did we lose uh, our broadcast? Yeah, I don't know. Carson Wentz uh, specifically trying to trying to nuke us here. Did Carson Wentz? Oh, no, we're good. Um, I think we're good. The um, But, yeah, no, the uh, – you know, the, the fundamental shortcoming was his decision making, his ability to read the progression and make the correct decision. Uh, and uh, fundamentally, I think he lowered the ceiling of this offense because of it, uh, which is saying a lot because you have two really, really, really good young draft picks in Jonathan Taylor and Pittman who emerged last year. And if you had a quarterback who was even just doing the QB manager and not making the, you know, it didn't have the physical tools or didn't have the, uh, the accuracy down the field, you're still going to the playoffs last year if you're the Colts based on uh, Taylor and Pittman and the defense. And so it was uh, that was a, a really just a, a truly lost season for them, the way it played out. And it's all 100% on Wentz in my mind, uh, notably that final week loss, which is the most inexcusable of them all. Where the Colts were what eight point favorites, Andy? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Colts. You know, Jags were catching eight or something like that at, at home, um, or fifteen. I can't remember. Um, but whatever it the case is, moved a little is, during the. Uh, it, moved it moved a little during, during the, week? the week. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever the case is, there were some early bets um, that didn't uh, that weren't as. Good I didn't as win any of my on that game because I parlayed it with the uh, Raiders tie, and we never got that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a discussion for a different day. So, that's a discussion all right, so we've, we've established anyway, um, that the general consensus is, yes. and I'm going to steal a line from one of my favorite hosts here on the local sports radio, all duckies and bunnies. Everything's, yes. you know, rose-colored glasses or whatever, I guess blue. They don't have the best colors for this analogy, but rose-colored glasses. Everyone's pretty happy about this team. They think they're going to do big things. I think we're in agreement but we're going to play some devil's advocate and talk about some of the reasons why they don't, uh, you know, it's going to end up, end up uh, and I well, think what, 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 what did you think of their off season? They didn't have any draft capital no, because they, they traded it away for remind me, was it uh, traded away for the D tackle to force Buckner? I think that was part of it. 
um, man, they lost other picks. Like they lost two, two picks for wins. They got they got some back there though. Oh yikes! Um, yeah, the, the that wasn't great. They did add some veteran uh, free agents. I was surprised they didn't add a receiver. You know, I I would have liked to see a little bit more help there. Like Pittman did take a step forward, and like that's good. I think you're gonna end up with probably a, a nice player there. But you're putting a lot of pressure on basically everybody else to this is this is your wide receiver room. I don't know, does it feel like pack Packers light with an older player? But like Alex Alec Pierce, you're gonna expect a lot out of Alec Pierce. Paris Campbell has I think the most games he's ever played in a season is like fucking six. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on guys like that. And I don't know, like I, I'm not overly enamored with they what what they have at receivers. You're oh going my to God. Have I did not realize this, but the the Indianapolis conceded pick 16 to Philly because of Wentz. Yeah, no, he played Holy enough games. Shit. That was that was that was the worst part of it. Was if, oh. if he would, we talked about that. We said that in the preseason last year. Said because he had the broken if, ankles, right? If he's a disaster, they bench him. And. Yeah, the, the, so the first wasn't for wins because oh, we didn't think we, we didn't forgot. think we didn't think he'd ever play that many snaps. We said he if he's ineffective or they're not in it late, why would they play him and risk giving up that first rounder? And then they let him play through like injuries and semi ineffectiveness and still gave up that first round. It was it was it was something. We uh, we we really, uh, we really thought they weren't going to do that. They did. We we blew it. Uh, I, I I still can't believe that they agreed to a trade for Wentz, where they, if they played him, he would they would it would escalate to a first. That's mind blowingly bad in hindsight. Um, the uh, I can't believe we forgot the funniest betting part about the Colts last year. Wentz gets hurt early in camp. Quentin Nelson gets hurt early in camp. Everybody and their mother bet under eight and a half wins for that team. Yeah, they ended up at nine. <laughs> right or was it under nine and a half wins that it landed it could, whatever the case was i think that jags game uh put the win total season-long win total in the balance one way or the other um but anyway uh their off season was uh tough really other than the matt ryan acquisition all of the uh actually eh, and stefan gilmore might have something left yankin gakway might have something left dennis kelly might have something left Rodney mcleod might have something left like they went after a bunch of old guys which is kind of telling you what they think about this season, right? Like this is this is it for them. Twenty twenty two is the, you know, their chance with this. Well, I mean, just, core. just the quarterback move. It feels like they, they are going for it a little, despite. And that's right. I think that was my. I think that's why I was surprised they didn't add one more piece to the wide receiving room. Like they are sure. going pretty bare bones because if you look at some depth charts, like their backup depth is, like. Desmond Patman, I don't who? know who that is. Like Ashton Doolin, who? Kylan Granson might be your starting tight end at times. It's, it's Kylan. Uh, Did you say Kylan? Kylan. That's how and you know we're old. People with the name Kylan are making it into the NFL at this point. That's that, that's good. that's where the NFL is at this point. That's so I'm I'm a little worried about the receiving core. Uh, hopefully they can scheme around that because. Uh, you have a backup running back that can probably play. Are some there spot. any wide receivers that could potentially you could pick somebody's pocket 
in season with the trade? I I, th- I think so. I think there'll be some spots. So I I hope that's the case for this team. If you're bullish they, on this team, they do need but one badly. Also, like Heinz can be a slot receiver sometimes. Heinz can split out wide a little. Like you have some options yeah. there. So I'm I'm hopeful, but that's my probably my devil's advocate on the uh, on that is that and the offensive line. Just very good pieces, but sometimes can be a touch overrated because I think it just turned into a it's a solid offensive line, and it is. Hmm. But um, I don't know. Maybe part of that was Wince too holding onto it a little long, and sometimes that skews things. But I, I think uh, we've got a quarterback who has enough experience getting just pressure up in his grill all last year to kind of work around that. So I'm hopeful for the offense. I just wish they'd have done more um, in the wide receiving range and then also to from our very lovely brief previews that i've loved reading but while i'm kind of getting ready to read all the camp reports cleave ta points out that he will be facing jonathan taylor i should say the name of the player before i say he he will be facing the fifth easiest set of opposing run defenses and uh, this is an exact quote from this what is incredible about taylor says cleave 21 season is that he ran for nearly 2000 yards and 18 touchdowns against the single toughest schedule of opposing run defenses based on success rate. He played 10 games against top like 13 teams on run defenses. He did that against a tough run defensive schedule. They're going to have a much easier one. So he, I'm worried about my John. I'm worried about my uh, Justin Jefferson offensive player of the year based on this guy, but I think uh, maybe you'll see a little less, run, run, run with a, a competent quarterback, but it could be a very good year for him again. Yeah. Um, should not could, in should. The, in the blind, uh, this, I guess the Indianapolis Colts offensive line is entirely the Quentin Nelson story because it's, you know, he's on pace or on track if he stays healthy to be kind of in the discussion as far as hall of fame guard goes um that's sort of the level of play we've gotten through four seasons even last season where he was only available for 13 games uh he was still second team all pro every single year you know first three seasons he was all pro first team um that's pretty outstanding and his general you know his general tone and uh you know his uh his attitude pervades to the run game in general for this team which is they play very physically in the trenches and they create space for jonathan taylor and i think that is still going to be the case even with some of the turnover they had ryan kelly is a very very solid center um and uh i think uh you know the rest of the guys are fine not great and where they struggle is largely in pass pro and so there is a wrinkle of a window where and we'll get to matt ryan in a bit but there's a wrinkle of a window where that becomes an issue for this team but the running game is not does not concern me whatsoever being able to pick up pick up exactly where they left off and maybe even improve uh jonathan taylor by the way uh what season is this if you didn't have it in front of you fourth third Third only his third feels this is i know He's been like he's been such an ever-present part of the last two fantasy seasons that he feels like he's been around for a while. Maybe it's the generic yes. name. I know I was um, going to say third, and I pivoted to fourth. I'm like, you know what's generally right. you know what's generally good about that? 
You only have two his, seasons his worth contract. of football on his legs. You only have two seasons yeah. of football on his legs. And his contract is also very fair. Yeah, the, the opposite um, of the Derrick Henry. Like, he doesn't have 10,000 yeah. carries on those exactly. legs quite exactly. yet. And you have a comp, a, you know, a competent yeah. backup that yeah. uh, can spell him. Yeah. Um, and his, yeah the, two very, very, very gotten, him. the two seasons we've gotten from him so far were uh, he was not the rookie of the year the previous season, right? Um, now I'm blanking here. I don't believe he was, but he was very good that year, his rookie season. Uh, like, you know, top half of the league from a uh, uh, production standpoint, even though he only started 13 games. Last year, he absolutely deserved to be in consideration for Offensive Player of the Year. He was an All-Pro. In fact, actually, did you know that in the All-Pro voting, that he got so many All-Pro votes that they only had one running back for the first time in a long time? Usually there's enough split that they have. They named two running yeah. backs first team, but he was the sole first team running back. Uh, and uh, his, you know, if he builds on, you know, most running backs have an uphill kind of improvement curve. It's a, it's not as steep as a as a uh, quarterback. He can run for 2,000 yards. I mean, he should take a step forward. Like that's that's a reasonable expectation. You shouldn't be projecting statistics for him this year that imply a regression in any way, shape, or form outside of injury potential. So it's, you know, he is on the up, uh, which is scary for anyone who's, you know, already, uh, you know, facing him on their schedule of run defenses. Um, Will Fuller, that's a Pittman, good call. Pittman, that's a nice I, dad. Just want to I don't, I don't, Pittman I didn't too. watch like, enough fucking Cincinnati games. Bearcats okay. to know to understand like if it's Alex Alec I'm gonna say Alex Pierce Alec Pierce is actually like NFL translation I'm a yeah. terrible judge of rookies anyway so I don't know like no clue if it has to lean on him again if if the wide receiver room underperforms and they have to lean on the run game maybe they're still pretty okay like I, I they're they're in good hands okay and, so. Yeah, I, I think we need to spend a second on Pittman. He's freaking, freaking elite. And they're going to ask him to be. And, you know, Andy, what uh, what season is this for Pittman? You know? Two. Number three. This three, is his three. third season I, as I tried well. to go the other way that time. This is his third season as well. So you have two elite stars at a running back and wide receiver that are entering like the, their peak. They have not gotten there. Uh, and in general, I think Pittman was largely held back by uh, Wentz last year. If you that makes all three. The... Quarterback, too. It's his third year. Is it? No. <laughs> I don't God, think so. Third year getting. 33rd year. Dearly prostating, Sam. Is it his like 37th year on earth? Um, He's but no, 36, so, I believe. I mean, that you, you can't deny, though, having elite weapons should help everybody. Like, there's a network effect there, for sure. Um, so let's talk about Matt Ryan then. Hard to evaluate last year. It was a really bad sure team. Is. You missed uh you missed receivers this time. Pitts was making the adjustment to the league. They didn't really know how to use him right at the at the offset. The offensive line was basically five giant hefty bags of uh you know waste <laughs> in front of him at times. They didn't get a lot from the run game. Were and they say, were like, often Falcon playing from behind. Big was, heavy bags of Falcon I was, shit. I was sort of like medical, medical waste. <laughs> that's, I'm, that's just trying to, I'm thinking of the scene in uh, Fight Club where they go see oh, the from the gracious. hospital. God, the, the, that's what popped the, into my the head. I'm sorry. Section, the liposuction. Yeah, but uh, regardless, yeah, it's 
it's hard to evaluate him off last year. He's not that far removed from an MVP season. He was uh, basically had a, uh, seven years. Seven years in football terms might as well be. A and it's a long time. But I mean, he, he has been <laughs> he has been an MVP. He didn't get there last year, but he's been throwing for 4,000 yards a year for like a fucking decade. Mm-hmm. He is he is your steady Eddie vet who was in a bad situation last year. I don't think anyone's going to confuse him and start talking MVP awards if this Colts team overperforms, but they're definitely going to give him a credit. There's going to be a lot of like, he's another coach right there in the huddle. He's a leader on the field. You know, he's really taken these young receivers and worked on, on the side with them and really gotten the most out of them with his veteran presence. There's going to be a lot of cliches and they're not going to be wrong. Cause I think he is an overall, you know, just a, uh, he is a good leader. And I think that's what you're going to see from him. So he's not going to make massive, uh, left-handed mistakes right into a linebacker's gut. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, without looking, how many games did Matt Ryan win last year? I mean, they drafted eighth because they took London. So like five, six, seven. They were seven and ten. Seven games. He managed seven wins last year. Started all seven. Falcon, the Falcons have been a team you just can't bet Here's- for like three years now. Here's a in his career, Andy, since 2008, where he was the rookie of the year. Um, how many games has he missed, uh, as a uh, starting quarterback? Oh, Christ, I'm trying to think of his injuries. It's like five total over that three. three. That is amazing. <laughs> three, it's the third three. <laughs> it's the third. That three is that. Right. There's the third three. Yeah. That is actually third three. 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 They come no, in threes, Andy. Um, not to not to make light, but you know, Bill Russell and Vince Scully. Oh no. I wonder who the third is gonna be. But uh that does always happen too. That's um, um no, he went he went watched, seven and I ten. I watched so much Vince Scully footage today. He it's went uh yeah, he oh same is very, very uh v- you know, very huge part of the culture here in Southern California, especially. So uh, rest in peace. Um the Matt Ryan arc, however, uh, has been the kind of arc as a quarterback that you use to train a ner- uh, an, an, an AI model on what an aging curve looks like. Okay? It has steady improvement up to a peak and then steady decline. Like so that that peak, I believe that was halftime of the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. I feel bad. <laughs> Everybody was thinking it. Um, it was sorry. actually about halfway through the third quarter. Um, but no, seriously, in seriousness, his MVP year was cl- his clear peak. Uh, he <laughs> built up to it, and he has regressed since. And there are lots of factual reasons you can point to that happening between the decision-making of the Dimitrov era and who they brought in, who they put around him. His mm-hmm. salary impact on them being able to build a roster, <laughs> and but at the same time, like you know, we'll get to Tom Brady and how he has defied the aging curve and how that could be possible. But Matt Ryan has not defied the aging curve, and it you know, and it, this is an opportunity for him to have kind of a a positive blip, right? Uh, you know, a season that looks you know that that that. Um, 
surprisingly good relative to the decline just because of the pieces around him are so much more solid. I hope that happens for him. I like Matt Ryan uh, a ton. I think he's just in general a good steward of the game. He doesn't get quite as much credit for how good he's been uh, and how long. Um, but there's a non-zero chance that he's washed. And most people are talking about the Colts and their potential to threaten the AFC like there's a zero percent. And, and I think I think that's where I was saying like, not hey, it's hard to evaluate last year because he played on a shitty team with a bad roster, and he's probably a lot better than that. It could also that pendulum swings both ways. It's hard to evaluate like because he can he could have been more washed than we know, and you know it's it's hard to evaluate on that team because you can say, well, those weren't his fault. It was the parts around him. And it is such a moving, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in a football team. So it's hard to tell, but he's getting put in such a good situation comparatively that even if he is a little more washed than he's been in the past few years, he's, he's just in such a better, a much better home. He's there like was a, it's like the dogs in those Sarah McLaughlin commercials. It gets adopted by a great family. Yeah. There like, there's been, that's fair. <laughs> there's been, he's going to have a great final year on earth. Apparently <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who point to the Phillip rivers, bringing him in for one year uh, at age 39. He was even yeah, older, that's a little older. Um, the people point to that as a comp. Um, I would just point out that there were no years in Philip Rivers' tenure in the, at LA that were as bad as Matt Ryan's last two years. And the people I've seen a lot of people put together threads about how Matt, Matt Ryan's not washed, and we made you know I don't I respect the fact that the guy won seven damn games in the NFL, which is super super yeah. competitive. Um, but his performance statistically cannot be argued. Um, that it was, uh, you know, his, it was worse than anything we saw from Philip Rivers before, he, you know, before he made the leap to Indy. Um, that, that's what's so hard with the, 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 the supporting cast. So, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. How much of it was no Ridley and Jones? Who knows? Um, yeah. but it's, it still is like, it's, it's a leap of faith that you're going to be able to get playoff winning performance out of a guy at this stage in his career in a new system, regardless of how good the pieces are around him. And I think we've pointed out fairly that this offense has question marks, both in pass protection and in wide receiver depth, especially. Um, so, so, and we, going back to Wentz, if they can, if they do that, what they did with Wentz, where they coddle him by having great run schemes and calling the plays that will mask his lack of probably uh, a deep ball like he had when he was younger. He's a smart quarterback who gets it, who has been around and isn't uh, apparently a, a locker room cancer. He'll take advantage of that. And it'll, I think he's fine not playing hero ball if he can win a bunch of games with this team. So if, if they play to his strengths, he'll be more adaptable to that than Wentz ever was. So I think it's a team who was, we saw it. They were smart enough to kind of game. Oh man, it's silly that you should have to do this. He's a member of your team. You're almost talking about him like he's an opponent, but they game planned around Carson Wentz last year and they were good enough about it where he almost had to go out of his way to screw it up sometimes. 
with Matt Ryan, you're not going to have that. He's smart. He's savvy. He's a vet. I think it's going to be fine. Okay. Well, I yeah, and, and am, like like Femi am, says, in the regular not... season they can hide it. In the playoffs, good luck. Look, man, I will. There, I have I have a proprietary metric that I use for quarterback performance that I, we don't need to get into. The biggest leap I can ever tell you of a guy going from year to year in past age 35 is what Brady did between the Patriots and the Bucks. That was like that was a phenomenal outlier, though. Like in general, you get a huge improvement in terms of your situation, even if it's just your even if it's just on your own team, they just bring in a good player or a couple of good players, spend money, put put good guys around you like year over year improvement. Once you get past age 35 is very, very hard to come by and it's relatively modest usually. And so I think anchoring kind of a median expectation for Matt Ryan that is anchored at last year plus a little bit is completely fair. Uh, and you know, I think ultimately, um, there will be opportunities to bet on this team as we will get into in a moment, but uh, I would not expect uh, MVP level performance all of a sudden out of this guy. Like he's, you know, frankly, Matt Ryan is not an MVP candidate. Period. Like he's not. And, well, no, not at this age. But like I said, if if they, yeah, if he does, he's going to be so involved in the game plan too, and he's going to understand it so much better than what we saw last year. So I think I think it works out fine. And I, I still am just worried about uh, most yeah. worried about the pass pro and then some of the wide receivers. They sure. did make some moves. Well, actually, defense. let me just let me just uh, let me push you because I didn't prep you for that about the MVP comment. If the Colts get the one seed, it will be perceived as some of the parts, and Jonathan yes. Taylor is more likely to get the lion's share of the credit. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it's. Hey, guess what? The defensive uh, additions that I was about to bring up worked out. The offensive line play was better. Probably not just because of those skill players, but because of Matt Ryan. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, just like we talk about coverage and pass rush being two pieces that work so much together. Like you talk about quarterbacks or sacks being a quarterback stat. Like a, a quarterback who understands timing and moving around and has the pocket presence, like he will make that offensive line better. But no, there's not going to be like. If there's MVP talk, it's not going to be about Matt Ryan. There's just no chance. Like okay. they don't have this deep ball offense where he's going to have these huge games. The, the MVP talk will be, if there's any, it's around, it's around Jonathan Taylor for sure. Yeah. Okay. And we can laugh at that and hopefully find value on some quarterback, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so. Okay. All right. Good deal. Uh, defense. There's a defense. There's a defensive adjustment that I want to bring up to you, Andy, and you're the guy that really to really dive into this. The great Matt Eberflus is gone. This is now I, the Gus Bradley show. I haven't talked about Matt Eberflus much, um, but yeah, he is gone. And again, we haven't decided if he made them or they made him. But Gus Bradley is Gus Bradley has had enough success and uh, stops where I'm fine with him putting. He's had. I think what he did last year was he made some guys that I had pitched out the window. Okay. And I think he's good enough to keep this defense humming, especially if the Darius Slender procedure to fix his leg 
which was actually a back procedure. I read about this. So it was some discs in his back that was affecting leg leg pain, okay. which is a thing. The body's all connected. The leg bone's connected to the backbone. Sure. And if that works out and he can play at a high level again, and Ngakwe, who's been on like nine teams over three seasons, I think he was on three teams in one year a couple seasons ago. If Ngakwe, and he had 10 sacks last year. I kind of forgot about that. Ngakwe and whatever Stephen Gilmore has left, if that comes to fruition, he'll probably get more credit than he deserves. Like I think he's a middle of the road defensive coordinator. He's I don't I don't want to shit on him like you do. I let's go back. No, 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 no. I don't need I'm not trying to shit on him. It's the same it's the same story. It's the same story as Matt Ryan. There's a career arc for a defensive coach if you have a certain scheme that at first taking the league by storm is the is the is the uh the scheme du jour gets figured mm-hmm. out and then the arc ends with you getting you adjust you get buried by the chiefs in twice in one season and uh you know ultimately you can't get off the field against joe burrow and you lose the playoff game right like it it's it's something that he has generally gotten figured out like there's nothing there are Teams that can't take advantage of it, the fact that it's been solved, but he has been solved in my mind. And yeah. I think realistically, the teams on their schedule that have the tools and the quarterbacks to take advantage of it, which by the way, there aren't. I think everybody many. knows what he brings. Like it's just the same cover three that always, but he has good pieces here. Like, you know, the, the Buckners, and if Leonard is healthy and, and if Ngakwe just picks up where he left off, which was where Gus would Stephen Gilmore, if he can have some sort of resurgent, like you have enough pieces where this is a good enough defense to just keep it going despite him probably being pretty predictable. Yeah. Enough, uh, I don't you disagree. Enough, you have enough playmakers. So yeah. I Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard is elite. Uh Kenny Moore what? doesn't ever get talked about. Kenny Moore never gets talked about. He is a very Quitty, good Quitty quarterback. Quitty pay in his uh even as a pays. rotational guy. He was solid as a rookie. He should take a step forward and be a real contributor. Um uh Muhammad actually at, was I'm, pretty was pretty damn good last year as well. Uh is I'm he still on the team name. or did they lose him? Oh, they lost him. He's gone. Oh, Danny um, Uh yeah. Yeah. Bobby uh Bobby Okurki. Okuriki. Uh he's pretty decent. Uh he's young. Uh there's some young talent on this team that uh, should continue to take steps forward. Um, and I think, you know, you have really, really solid anchors at all three levels. Kenny Moore in the secondary, DeForest Buckner on the D-line, and then Darius Leonard in the middle. Uh, you can absolutely build around that with the talent you brought in and the talent you already have taking a meaningful step forward. The Generally, though, the, you know, the Gus Bradley, uh, uh, the Gus Bradley defense is getting exposed in the playoffs. It's kind of what I feel. Same way as I think Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's ability to kind of elevate your ceiling offensively gets exposed in the playoffs. Um, Gus Bradley's defense gets exposed in the playoffs. His team comes short of the goal of making or winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, this uh, is this is the uh, Moneyball Athletics. Like this team is set up to win by attrition. It's good enough to get to the playoffs, and then the Yankees come along and beat the shit out of them. Like the, it's it's a good team that has. A ceiling that with some limitations. So yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not excited about Gus, but 
good enough. Good enough with the pieces you have. So, um, schedule. Let's look at it. The schedule is quite easy. <laughs> Again, it's hard to come by easy schedules in the in the American Football Conference. Uh, but the Colts got one, and it's largely because they get Houston twice, Jacksonville twice. Although those games are going to be more competitive than the market thinks, says me. Uh, and then uh, Tennessee twice. Um, you also get Washington. You get the Giants. Uh, and, uh, you know, your divisional, your cross, your cross conference, or so you, excuse me, your cross division matchup in the AFC happens to be Pittsburgh. Um, you get, uh, a full slate of games against the AFC West, which is tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, and again, like I mentioned when we went through the 21 season, awful, awful late by two years in a row having that week i think they must have requested that sucks. do you think so i don't like having that buy for a team i think they yeah, Femi, it's a revenge game i mean it, it, revenge games should automatically be set as a pick them like i'm fine <laughs> but yeah that, that number is probably wrong at home what are you making oh that? yeah terrible line absolutely atrocious that's that's actually you know what's funny it's, it's really funny you brought that up um i think that's a mistake <laughs> i think it should be three yeah because uh I, well why I, why would they be you go look at like tennessee they're favored by three at home that was uh washington you know, you know how, they're a pick yeah. at home that yeah that, that's just that was the, that's that, was the biggest, that was the biggest that was the biggest where are um, these lines at DraftKings, or they were, or okay. somebody scraped them from DraftKings, and they made a mistake, and they have since corrected it. I don't really know. I don't. I'm not constantly updating these, but um, yeah, that one, that one, that one is is an incorrect line. Yeah, Westgate has when, Indy five and a half. That's yeah, that sounds about right. Um, this is that's a terrible one. Anyway, the um, the ones around that though, Pickham, Tennessee, Pickham, New England, aren't necessarily going to be the game numbers we see in those games either. I don't think. Um, especially at Tennessee, pick them. It's probably pretty good about now. Tennessee's coming off their bye, though. Hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, rest disadvantage in that yeah. spot. Yeah, I think ultimately, though, it's still a relatively easy schedule for AFC. You're favored or pick them in a lot of games. Well, and like um, I mentioned you're... before, too, about Jonathan Taylor, like how what Cleve said there, if that's the crux of your offense and they're playing overall easy run defenses for a good part of the year maybe that's more important than the actual opponents if like your strength is going to be other opponents weaknesses more times than not that's how you win more games than you lose that is how i agree um <laughs> the uh uh the general read on a couple of these other spots that are fun. Um, Indy complains every year that they don't get enough home primetime games and that they always get screwed. They got two Monday night football games at home this year. Um, so congratulations. Um, four primetime games overall. NFL apparently thinks these teams, this is a team you're going to want to see uh, because they're probably going to be in the mix, particularly those one, two, three late in the season primetime games. So they think Indy is going to be in the mix. Um, very excited for that Indy LA Chargers game. Monday Night Football, day after Christmas. Oh, buddy. You want to talk about making the Christmas blues go away? The Christmas is over. 
How about a Monday Night Football game? Chargers. Boxing Colts. Day. Oh, God Patrick's damn, that's like a Boxing fun. Day game. Boxing Day oh, game. Yes, that, that's such a good day, too, because there's always – and I don't know if this – Dan would probably have an answer to this, if the Boxing Day games get affected by um, the World Cup. But that's always like – I love that there's a shitload of soccer. And then Christmas, you have the NBA. Oh, my God, that's going to be such a nice stretch. Oh, it's going to be so sick. Um, got a lot of fun games. I think I'm going to watch a lot of Colts this games this year. There's just going to be a lot of high – you know, a lot of fun games. The Denver game is going to be great on Thursday Night Football. I love it when we get a good Thursday Night Football game early in the season. Those October Thursday Night Football games are usually pretty Sometimes damn fun. Sometimes they suck. Some, well, the ones earlier in the season, like week three, week four, are usually pretty forgettable. But the Stinkers. giving us a uh, giving us Indy Denver week five, that's going to really kind of give that'll give uh, that's a great time of year too because we have playoff baseball going on. That'll give us a nice shot in the arm in the month of October. Great fucking month. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good fun schedule. This, but this looks like I mean this this looks like median eleven wins. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, like high ceiling or uh, low ceiling, high floor for sure. Low for ceiling, sure. high floor. That's correct. Kind of Eagles esque, although the Eagles schedule is significantly easier. This yeah. is still kind of in the conversation. Um, let me scroll here. Scroll, 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 scroll. I'm just curious if they fixed uh, the busted line between. Oh, yeah. Why, yeah DraftKings fixed the Washington Colts busted line. It's, five, it's out to five now. Um, so you can't go can't go get a, a bet down on a bad line but uh you know i don't hate minus five <laughs> for being honest <laughs> it gets to watch the commanders yeah, and carson pick, pick wentz. Up, if carson wentz nice is even the, if he's if he's even the quarterback yeah at the time um yeah no not, tra- travels for the premier league after the world cup oh so yeah this be i'll just day. say over the overall in the schedule travels pretty balanced rest is pretty balanced you don't have too many tough cold outdoor games late in the season um not too many disadvantages frankly so colts uh colts should get some dubs this year nine and a half is a little is a little little on the low side what uh what is the current market number i bet you it's up to 10 let's look at their odds the indianapolis Colts are 22 to 1 to win the super bowl it's probably fair a little, 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 little short of my fair price. I think I'm probably in the 24 to 1 range. I should pull up my fares. 12 to 1 is a more, more interesting number if you're going to bet Colts, just because, again, we talked about the window of opportunity is there for them to get the one seed, at which point winning two home games two is – that's, 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 And it's going to be against tough teams, but that's more likely than – uh, what one over thirteen implied probability? Especially if your if your defense is humming along and you can keep keep some close games with defense. Yeah. And Open the up game. the dome, really kind of let your defense. About, like, yeah. You know that the everybody Make thought they had the strategy game. to beat Kansas City a couple of years ago, where it's like we're going to run the ball, we're going to play good defense, keep, keep away. away. Like they actually can do that. So yeah, make the could. playoff number is probably low. Uh, by a yeah. little bit, but I'm not betting into that. Same with the South. Really, I'm probably not still. taking much preseason on this team, despite how much we've said nice about them. Like, I will bet them week by week, depending on matchups. And if there are no alt over ladder for you here, eh, schedule is not schedule is not. I had, if I had to bet, I would probably be like a ten and a half, eleven and a half. Take a look at those prices. So I don't know, maybe, but for the most part, it's going to be a, a bet on team week in week out, depending on matchups. Okay. 
Betting plan of attack, Andy. Uh, I don't think it's worth betting them to win the AFC South, even though we think it's more than, you know, it's 50-50. Or no, better. I like that Tennessee prop better. Price, you know, one, minus 115 is a fair price. And what the hell? What if the Jaguar surprise really is yeah. really kind of in the back of my head? Um, the um, The general feeling about betting them game in, game out is that the market is not – uh, especially, um, uh, what's the right word? They're not going to be surprised if this team gets off to a good start this year. I mean, they've been telling everyone they're, they're focusing on it, you know? Um, and so I don't know that you're really ever going to be able to corner the market on good, uh, good bets betting on them week by week or betting against them. I think numbers are probably going to be pretty reasonable. Um, they have a very good run defense and Pittman and Taylor are dynamic enough weapons offensively that happily backing them in second halves. If they're down, do you agree? Frank Reich makes some great halftime adjustments over the balance. Of yeah. The he's season. a good, I was going to say he's high on my list game. halftime coaches. Yeah. We didn't mention Frank Reich, but we're Frank Reich guys. Yeah, we, every I think anyone who listens to the podcast regularly yeah. knows where Frank Reich is. I think so, everyone who cares about I, football I think that, that's Frank part Reich. of like I love the marriage of Frank Reich and Matt Ryan too. Just kind of just even keeled guys are gonna dad gum win some games. That was yeah, they are. Uh, if they start slow like usual, uh, betting on them at a at reduced numbers that'd be yeah. that'd be lovely. I'd love it. Hard to start slow. The first two games are against, uh, you know, they should win those two, but the third one's tough. Maybe, Andy, maybe some bounce back spots. Philip Rivers went into Jags. Jacksonville as an eight point favorite week one. Like I and said, lost. they haven't won in Jacksonville since 14. Will what Matt Ryan hell? be that? Matt Ryan, he's, you know, he's what? been since 2014. Since 2014? That's the last time they won in Duval. And basically, like the best they've done with the Jags for like eight years is split. It's like it's like Miami and New England. It's just apparently a bugaboo for them. So Weird. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we can we'll see if we can break that streak with the uh, the crafty Catholic from BC and uh, Frank Reich. Oh, man, Are yeah, calling him the crafty Catholic. Is he? Do you even have to be Catholic to go to BC if you're good enough at football? No, I don't think so. Either way. He I'm probably is. So. He's probably Catholic. Um, he, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a good team to bet on second half if they're down. It's going to be a good, ha- a good team to bet on second half if they're up. Yeah, think Jonathan uh, Taylor can put away. Think, think Jonathan Taylor knows how to put away a game? You goddamn right he does. Uh, you think uh, um, defense has enough of a pass rush with Ngakwe to put away a game? Probably. Again, he had ten sacks last year. If, if we get some, if we get some stuff out of the out of the rotational guys, it could be a good pass rush. So, so you're thinking second half under, second half Colts in general with the second league? half Colts. Like again, if if they're up and they are a second half, you know, clearly the better team, favored pregame, yeah. winning at halftime, and they're like a three point underdog in the second half to an inferior team. So yeah. you take like you know, Colts money line to win the yeah. second half where yeah. they win the second half, like seven to six, you That's know, just one garbage solid. touchdown against a couple field goal drives. So that hey, feels great. You know what? From I here on love. in, for here on in to get into, get ourselves into 
halftime pod, you know, halftime, uh, you know, broadcasting shape. We got to weave in second half betting plan of attack for we teams that have a couple of like time games. Like in speed. Like, what do you, what do you do? Hot what do you shot. do? Hot shot. Yeah. Colts, Colts are up eight playing an inferior team. Second half line is commanders minus two and a half. What do you do? Ooh, let's let's let Ooh, me give just, you. You know what? It Andy, just moved to minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. Dude, I got Andy, let me that. let me give you a more specific. Let me give All you right. a more specific one. one. Week five, Thursday night football. Colts are taking on Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Ooh. Everyone's healthy. Colts are up seven at halftime. The second half line, Russell Wilson, is minus three. The total is twenty four. That's an under under okay interesting i think so. russell wilson's not throwing his way back into that game i i believe in this pass rush i think it's gonna be fine well i don't know that is that is maybe a probably a spot to stay away because if there is a, a spot where i'm worried it is the secondary the safeties are not great who are the safeties again julian blackman and nick cross Ooh, yikes yeah, uh, yeah that, who are those guys <laughs> if you get good mm. cornerback play good for you but like hey why god damn we gotta talk about this but like why isn't a team like the colts if they're all in for this year why haven't they called the bengals to try to get baits bring in master baits that guy is definitely polar go get a wide receiver Go get a wide receiver you want to see a wide receiver i want to see yeah i want to see one more wide receiver i'm just surprised that the other contenders in the afc have not taken advantage of what looks like an obvious um, Mike Brown too cheap to know and know any better and not paying Bates because Bates is good. What do I know? He is no. I mean, you're right. I hadn't thought about adding a piece there. I'm just so well. You pointed it out. Their safeties kind of suck. Yeah, I, I just I didn't. Know that, that I don't know if that spot, that doesn't. That, that, you're right. You're right though. That, that that doesn't that doesn't raise him. That doesn't raise the Colts to championship contender, but. Uh, gives brought in Rodney McLeod. The one seed. Hmm. I don't know. Rodney McLeod is a uh, second string right now. And I think that's correct. I don't think he I was think very good. A, I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of, it's a camp battle like we're seeing. I, and apparently the, the left tackle camp battle was settled pretty quickly. And they said it before the draft. They said, we have a left tackle. It's Matt, Matt Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. And they, they yeah. did draft Bernhard Raymond, which sounds like a bad guy from a, uh, <laughs> David Lynch film, but um, apparently he's, he's running with the two. So Matt Pryor is next to Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. And if he plays well, that's a very strong side. So strong side. I like it, man. All right. The Colts, thumbs up, guys, before you leave. Have a good night. If you're listening to this in the podcast form, hands on the wheel. 10 and 2 guy. Pay attention. <laughs> If trying to take notes, do it in your office, buddy. But um, enjoy. If you have anything to say, obviously leave it in the YouTube comments. I've enjoyed some of the comments. I've enjoyed chirping back and forth on some of those. I take some time every morning to uh, check those out and see what people are saying, even if you just want to say hi. So leave some comments on the YouTube. Enjoy your week, and we will have a Friday show again with someone smart. We're going to have a fun, fun topic this week. I'm pretty fucking pumped about it. Yes. I've been thinking about everything I'm going to say. I'm very excited. No, I, have a, I, I have a couple. I it's, almost like a game. It, it's almost like a game. Like 
It'll be like a game. I have a couple couple canned takes that are going to get lost out of you guys. There's one that I no. There's one that I think you're.